Welcome to another episode of the No Feeding Tubes show. I'm your host, Yvonne McLaren, and I'm here to help you live your best food life following or during head and neck cancer treatment. Thanks for listening. This is a lived experience that I'm sharing with you, and I think this journey is much better shared. So grab your favourite beverage or your walking shoes and let's get started. Welcome to episode 7 of the No Feedings Tube Show. I'm your host Yvonne McLaren and today I've entitled this episode How to Eat an Elephant. And you might think that's an odd uh, title for a podcast about head and neck cancer treatment and the side effects of eating but in many ways I thought it was actually really apt for what we go through uh, because that was a popular proverb in the 40s and 50s and it was accepted to be of Chinese origin. The job may be lengthy, but in the words of the great Kung Fu Zay, a man can eat an elephant if need be, one bite at a time. And I think that's really applicable to head and neck cancer treatment and the process that we need to go through as a result of head and neck cancer treatment. And now whether you've had the radiation, the chemotherapy, the surgery, all three, some of or a combination of those, you most likely have uh, some food issues. Uh, I certainly do. And I am trying to, through this podcast, demystify some of the things that happen and provide people with some pearls of wisdom, I hope. So I'm going to talk about how to eat an elephant and the three areas that I believe we can uh, talk about openly to try and help people on this journey. The first thing I want to recognise is that we must recognise that there is an elephant in the room. And by that I mean uh, the elephant can be grief, it can be fear, and it can be failure. Uh, and in my case it was all three so recognizing the grief I didn't know and I know I suspect many people are so medicated on opioids and there's so much activity going on around them whilst treatment is happening that you don't often get a chance to actually grieve what's going on and I found myself some many, 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 many months later recognising that I was actually grieving the loss of my way of eating and my food life as I used to know it. And I think until we recognise that it is a grief process, notwithstanding that you've gone through cancer treatment, and how you got that cancer and whether it was, um, you know, via a tumour, a carcinoma or a viral process, you need to grieve uh, the fact that you've lost 
your food uh, life, if you like. And I don't think that gets talked about enough and I don't think as part of our medical team, uh, well, we just, we just don't have area, room for it. There is so much going on <clears throat> that once you've gone through all that treatment and like me, you're back on the road to recovery, in inadvertent commas, it's only then that you start to recognise that you've lost something. I mean, apart from the fact that you have a life, you've been blessed to have been given another opportunity at life, uh, you you need to grieve that process of loss of food as you've known it. And there's a fear in there as well, uh, fear of the unknown, fear of having to relearn how to live your life again with these different food and drink uh, criterias, paradigms, if you like. And I know there's that fear there because even as a person who knows food and understands food and has been around food her entire life, uh, it's a fear that I, even I struggled with and I didn't quite know how to process it and what to do. So grief and fear are two elephants in the room that we don't necessarily talk about. And I think the third issue there is failure and a fear of failure and what what if we can't do this and what if we can't do that and what if I can't eat that and what if I can't manage this and how does that look if I can't do this anymore or I can't do that anymore and how is that going to affect my life going forward? And I thought about all those things. Uh, my life was very much food and I used to do a lot of travel both regionally and internationally and a lot of that was based around food. So my fear was, uh, what if I fail at that? What if I can't do that anymore? And as it turned out, there are some things I simply cannot do anymore. Talking and eating and breathing all at the same time being one of them, <laughs> as some of you may well know. So I think recognising that elephant in the room, that there is grief, fear and failure associated with this whole process of learning to eat again and learning to transition off a pig tube feeder. Uh, and even if you're not on a pig tube feeder and you're just learning how to eat again, can be, I think, fraught with those areas of feelings, emotions of grief, fear and failure that we don't talk about because they're personal. And if you're doing this journey solo, that is without a spouse uh, or someone that's with you constantly or a re you know, really good friend, uh, those areas, those emotions can become really, really non-existent to the outer world and it becomes a very internal process and if you've got no one to talk to about that process and how to manage getting through it working on it uh you know it's a lonely existence so that's the first thing i think we need to recognize the elephant in the room before we can start to tackle it bite by bite
I think the second area that needs to be addressed that often isn't is around motivating people, encouraging them and inspiring them. And this is an area that I thought was really sadly lacking, particularly particularly in my journey and in my my treatment. I thought, oh, you know, I just wish I had someone who understood what I'm going through because they've been there and done it themselves because they know the nuances of the difficulties that we're facing every single day. And, you know, we, we find solace and support emotionally in social media groups and that's great, that has its place, but I think, and certainly for me, I wanted more than that. I wanted specific help around specific areas of my food journey that weren't being addressed by my medical team. And, and not to disparage or to speak negatively of my team they they simply just didn't have the time to do it they're going through lots and lots of people so I was on the lookout for anybody somebody that could help me uh, address some of the issues around my food journey that I was having and I couldn't find anybody so I ended up (laughs) helping myself through lots of research and lots of online talking to people and using the skills that I already had to help myself on my journey, to to learn how to uh, motivate and encourage and inspire myself. And in that, I hope to help other people. And in doing that, helping of other people, it has this beautiful... Uh, hang-on effect where it also helps me and inspires and motivates me continually. So eating the elephant one bite at a time and I think to do that you have to have a plan, you have to have a commitment to work towards it and you have to activate that plan. And I think we need to put more resources into helping other head and neck cancer patients, no matter what situation you're in. Uh, Help them plan, commit and activate their own bespoke way of eating that elephant bite by bite. Whatever that means for them, either physically or emotionally or spiritually or, um, you know, from a, from an, a, a bespoke point of view, we, we need to be really mindful that everyone's a little bit different, but I think we need to give them the tools to plan, commit and activate a way forward as to how to tackle eating that elephant because... Although it's a proverb from, you know, many years ago now, it still is relevant today. And I think with this head and neck cancer treatment journey, it's particularly relevant around motivating, encouraging and inspiring others.
So that's my podcast topic for today, how to eat an elephant. And to recap, I think we need to recognise that elephant, and it's the one that we don't talk about, that is the grief, fear and failure. And we've all got something within those three baskets or buckets, if you like, that apply to us on this journey. And it's all very personal. And if you don't have someone, or even if you're not talking to your closest and nearest and dearest about this, you may not want to. You may not want to burden them with this process. Uh, I think it's really helpful to have some skills and some templates and some ways of tackling and acknowledging grief, fear and failure. I also think there should be ways of motivating, encouraging and inspiring yourself through what you've created in terms of a goal or a a long-term food life eating journey that you want to live from this moment onwards. What's that going to look like for you in the future? What's that look like for you now? What can you implement now that makes your food life better? What aren't you seeing, hearing or being subjected to that might improve your eating life right now? Um, Are there things that you haven't been exposed to that might be helpful to you? You know, there's stuff all over the internet, but where can you go to find consistent, good and up-to-date help? And I think... In that process of motivating and encouraging and inspiring people, you need to also be able to work towards committing to a plan and activating that plan and staying true to it and fronting up every day and working towards eating your best food life. So I'll wind it up on that note. Uh, They were just some of my thoughts today around some of the the things that we don't talk about because they're personal, they hurt, they're emotional, they're embarrassing, uh, but they're holding us back from living our best food life. And that's what I want for you is to eat well and continue to eat well and live your best food life going forward. Thank you for being here today and listening to this. I hope you've managed to spark some thoughts of what can we do from this moment forward that will improve my particular food life journey and uh, as always I look forward to sharing pearls of wisdom with you in the next episode take care everybody everybody until then